Moses came down from Mount Sinai. As he came down from the mountain, with the two tablets of the covenant in his hand, Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because he had been talking with God. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, the skin of his face was shining, and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them, and Aaron and all the leaders of the congregation returned to him. And Moses spoke with them. Afterwards, all the Israelites came near, and he gave them in commandment all that the Lord had spoken with him on Mount Sinai. When Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil on his face. But whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would take the veil off until he came out. And when he came out and told the Israelites what he had been commanded, the Israelites would see the face of Moses, that the skin of his face was shining, and Moses would put the veil on his face again until he went in to speak with him. Okay, let me see if I've got this straight. Moses originally put on a veil because his skin was so shiny from being in direct contact with God, and that made everyone afraid. So he hid his shiny face from them. But later we are told that whenever he put on the veil, it was a sign to the people that he had been in contact with God and was speaking for God. So, in a way, the veil was both obscuring and revealing that Moses had been in contact with God at the same time, right? I don't know about you, but whenever I see someone behind a mask or veil, I always kind of assume that they're hiding something. That made me wonder what Moses might have been hiding from the people from himself, maybe from his God. Whatever it is, I suspect that there's a story there. This is Retelling the Bible. Episode 6.5 Behind the Veil Moses sighed. He knew that this time of quiet and reflection would soon be over. Every moment he spent outside of this tent seemed to be a moment filled with requests, frustrations, and endless demands. People were constantly looking to him to solve their disputes and fix their problems, tell them what to do, and say the words that would bring them all together to face the daily challenges of a wandering life. They would ask him to make decisions that would affect the lives of men, women, and children. If they turned this direction, would they meet a dangerous enemy? If they turned that way, 
would they find themselves in a wasteland in which there was no water and no fodder for the animals to eat. The latest complex question they'd come up with was a legal matter. Two men had been fighting, and the wife of one of them had intervened, and, well, let's just say that everyone had been shocked by what she had done, and they were asking him to decide on a fitting punishment. And this tent was the only place that he could go to escape all of that. He knew that no one would ever follow him into this place because they were all too afraid. They knew that he met with God in here, with Yahweh, who had first been revealed to him at the burning bush. And they much preferred to let Moses wrestle with their demanding God on their behalf alone. Moses knew that it was true, that he did indeed meet his God in this sacred place. But it didn't happen in the ways that they all imagined that it did. It wasn't really about spectacular lights and resounding voices. Most of the time, what happened in here was that Moses was able to quiet all of the thoughts that were in his mind. As he eased into a quiet state, pushing aside all of the worries and fears that he struggled with out there, it sometimes happened. By no means always, but sometimes. A word, or a phrase, or a thought would come into his mind that he knew did not originate from himself. He knew that it was a word from Yahweh. But even then, he still struggled with the messages that he received. He was not always sure that he understood them. He was not always certain that he had the interpretation or the application right. And when God is involved, it seems really important that you should be able to get it right. People think that having some kind of divine experience makes things easier, but Moses knew from long experience that it usually makes things harder. And one of the hardest things about it was that people outside of the tent didn't understand that. When he came out of the tent, when he spoke to them of the will of God, they expected him to speak in absolutes. There was no room for doubt or questions out there. There was no room for shades of gray. They wanted it all laid out in black and white. Moses couldn't show himself as a fallible human. He had to be a spokesperson for the divine. And so, when he went out, it helped that he put on the veil.
There was a bit of a story behind the veil. It went back to the time when Moses had gone up to the top of the holy mountain, all alone. There, on top of Mount Sinai, he had had the most extraordinary experience of his life. The encounter he had had with Yahweh up there was unlike anything that had happened to him before or since. Everything had been so clear up there, and there had been no room for doubt. He had been given a keen insight into what measures were needed so that his people, who had so recently been freed of a life where everything had been controlled for them, could live together in peace and prosperity. He had been able to distill it all down to a series of laws that he knew would guide the people for generations to come. It had been so exciting and exhilarating, and, in those first few days afterwards, everything had seemed so very clear. But, when he came down and met the people, all of it was frightening to them. It was so clear to them that he had been in the very presence of God that they said it was as if the skin on his face was putting off this strange radiance. They were afraid that they would die if they came too close to him. And so Moses realized that he needed to tone it down a bit. He covered his face to put a little distance between himself and the people. It helped them to manage the fear, and it helped him to moderate the way that he was speaking to them. And so they had been able to communicate in those heady days. But in the time since, the veil had come to be deployed differently. The kind of clear experience of the presence of God that Moses had had on that mountain was not repeated. Honestly, Moses was glad of that, because it had left him drained and weary. People don't actually manage all that well with absolute certainty over the long term. It was replaced now with this seemingly endless struggle in the tent as he sought out the brief flashes of clarity in the midst of all the questions and the doubts. But the harder the struggle in the tent became, the more important it seemed to hide that struggle from the people outside. If they were expecting him to come out of the tent every time with the same certitude that he had brought down the mountain, well, that was not going to happen. If they were looking for that same sense of radiance coming from him, they were likely going to be disappointed. But 
by preemptively donning the veil before he went out. He managed to maintain both the illusion of certainty and the inspiration of fear. Both of these things simply made it a whole lot easier for Moses to lead this stubborn people. And so, with yet another deep sigh, Moses opened his eyes. The time of quiet meditation was over. He felt as if he had been able to sort out some of the problems and challenges that were facing the people. Somewhere in there, he was pretty sure that he had heard a genuine word from Yahweh. He uttered a prayer of thanks, acknowledging the God who had allowed him to lead these people thus far. As he turned, he plucked the veil from the hook by the door and carefully covered his face. He could see very little through it, mostly just shadows and shapes. He knew that the people would see almost nothing of his own features. That was as it needed to be. He stepped outside and all over the camp he saw the shapes of people turned towards him. All noise and conversation fell away as they waited to hear a word from Yahweh. And so Moses began to speak through the veil regarding the difficult question that had been posed to him. If men get into a fight with one another and the wife of one intervenes to rescue her husband from the grip of his opponent by reaching out and seizing his genitals, you shall cut off her hand. Show no pity. The story of Moses and the veil in the book of Exodus is one that has always struck people for its strangeness. It has long been thought that somewhere behind this story are ancient religious practices that may stretch back to prehistoric times. The idea was that the ancient priest or shaman would put on some kind of mask or face covering and, in so doing, be able to impersonate and speak for the god. Such an ancient practice may indeed lie somewhere behind this story in the Bible, but I'm a little less interested with how it may have contributed to the creation of this story than I am in what such a practice tells us about what it means to be human beings trying to relate to the divine. I see two key forces at play. On the one hand, we have the experience of the divine, and on the other, we have the practice of religion. 
there is a simple reality. And it is that people have been experiencing God for a long time. There are varying experiences, of course. And the God that people experience can be wildly different. But the reality that people have such experiences cannot really be denied. I know we are often tempted to dismiss such things because personal experiences, almost by definition, cannot be independently verified. You cannot scientifically prove that somebody experienced God, nor can you really disprove it. But people have been having such experiences for centuries, and they have sometimes had huge impacts on historical events. I mean, just imagine how different history would be today if Martin Luther King Jr. or Francis of Assisi hadn't had their own powerful experiences of God. I've also had such experiences in my life, and I know a number of other people who have as well. And there are two big problems that arise because people have such supernatural experiences. One is fear. People have a very natural reaction to be afraid of such experiences and the people who have them. The other problem is the question of authority. How do we tell if someone's experience of God is something that we should trust and listen to? We see both of these problems being addressed in this story of Moses and the veil. We are told, first of all, that the veil is placed there to create a kind of distance between Moses' powerful experience and the people, because they are afraid. And we are also told that when Moses speaks through the veil, it becomes a sign that he is speaking for God and that, therefore, everything he says is authoritative. In many ways, I would say that this veil is a symbol of the function of religion. Human religion is there in order to accomplish two things, to manage our human fear in the face of the experience of God, and to sort out which pronouncements have authority. We don't use symbols like a mask or a veil anymore to manage these things, but that does not mean that they are no longer important aspects of our religion. Because here is what is at stake. No matter what happens to religion and the state of religion, and I realize that religion has been going through some rough times lately, there are issues that are not going to go away. People are going to continue to have experiences of God, along with all of the fear and the difficult questions of authority that come with such experiences. It seems to be something that is built into our human nature. And religion, in all its various forms, 
has been something that we have developed to help us manage those very problems. And I know that the history of religion has had its horrible moments. All kinds of terrible things have been justified by religious belief down through history. But I honestly do not think that just getting rid of all religious structure is the solution. I believe that religion done well can give us the tools to manage and interpret these very frightening and powerful experiences in helpful ways. I believe that that is what Moses and other figures like him managed to do. Not perfectly, but they at least tried to direct those powerful impulses in more productive ways. I mean, I'm not at all, sh at all sure that he got his ruling right in that specific legal case, but he did at least try to make reasonable judgments. There is one other aspect to this story that is added in the New Testament. In his second letter to the Corinthians, the Apostle Paul makes reference to this story of Moses and the veil, and he says that in Christ, the veil is set aside. The point he seems to be making is that because Christ revealed to us the very nature of God in human form, the old constraints of fear, authority, and religion are no longer necessary. I do have some reason to wonder whether Paul got that completely right. There is no question that Christianity has never stopped setting up religious systems that manage those very things throughout its long history. But Paul's point is still rather helpful. So long as we are ruled in our religious practices by our need to manage fear and our desire to project authority, I don't think that we will fulfill our fullest potential as human beings seeking to relate to the divine. In particular, that desire to project absolute authority from our religious experience has been very problematic throughout our history. The fact of the matter is that our experiences of God are rarely absolute. Oh yes, very occasionally, someone will have that top of Mount Sinai experience where everything is made absolutely crystal clear. But most of our experiences of God come when we are in the midst of doubts and questions. That need to put on a veil and project absolute certainty means that we often hide the true nature of our encounters with God. And that is a problem. I think that if we are truly honest, we would admit that much of our struggle to work out our relationship with the divine is in there, with Moses, as I have imagined him, in the tent. We are often consumed with more questions and doubts than we would like to admit. But I do think it's time to lay aside that temptation 
to hide that struggle behind a veil in order to project absolute certainty about our beliefs to the world. That doesn't serve us. And it doesn't serve the world. It actually serves to obscure the real power of religious experience that I believe is everyone's heritage as a child of God. That is it for this episode of Retelling the Bible. Please subscribe so you can get the next episode in a couple of weeks. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with someone else who would appreciate it. The theme music for the podcast is Ada. The mood music for this episode is Teller of Tales. The music is by Kevin McLeod, licensed under the Creative Commons and can be found at incompetech.com. You can contact me on Twitter at Retelling Bible, on the Facebook page, Retelling the Bible. Show notes for this episode have been posted at retellingthebible.wordpress.com. This is Retelling the Bible, and I have been your storyteller, W. Scott McCandless.